four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. This is UniversalExports.com. And now, your host... Hello, the listener. Welcome to UniversalExports.co, where we cover everything including motoring, walking, eating, drinking, astronomy, photography and film, science, and much, much more. Stay tuned for the plat du jour. We'll see what's on today's plate. Coming up now, where we will consider Senatus Populus Romanus, drones with aircraft detection, the incredible great ride by Lenny Gwyther, some Cirrus seriously, and maybe a quick cocktail. This lead-off item is really quite extraordinary, and I believe many current-day parents may have some difficulty in comprehending this quite fantastic tale. It's a true but little-known story of nine-year-old Lenny Gwyther and what was to be a four-month odyssey with his pony Ginger Mick. Yes, I did say nine-year-old. In 1932, nine-year-old Lenny Gwyther was fascinated by the building of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. He lived 1,000 kilometres away in south-eastern Victoria, and little nine-year-old Lenny rode his faithful pony Ginger Mick all the way to Sydney and took part in the opening ceremony. The whole thing came about like this. Lenny's father, Leo Tennyson Gwyther, a decorated World War I hero with chronic war injuries, broke his leg. And while he was in hospital, Lenny completed the ploughing and saved the crops. As a reward, Lenny asked if he could go to see the opening of the bridge to which his father agreed. It was Lenny who mapped the route himself. Lenny and Ginger Mick followed the bush tracks and barely formed dirt roads east to Can River, then north to Canberra. Lenny and Ginger Mick faced a deranged tramp who jumped out at them a few days into their ride, a bushfire near Tarolgan, heavy rain and fogs. Lenny, it seemed, became a bit of a celebrity on the ride and news of his ride preceded him all the way. In those days, Parliament House had sheep grazing around about it and it was there Lenny shook the hand of Prime Minister Joseph Lyon and took tea in the members' refreshment rooms. Lenny and Ginger Mick were mobbed by the public and the press when they arrived in Sydney's Martin Place. They met the Lord Mayor at Sydney Town Hall, visited Circular Quay and Bondi Beach and rode an elephant at the Taronga Zoo. And on March 19, Lenny and Ginger Mick took part in the Sydney Harbour Bridge opening pageant, crossing the bridge along with Indigenous groups, bridge workers, war veterans and school children. On March 21, at the match in the Sydney Cricket Ground, Lenny was given a signed cricket bat from his idol, Donald Bradman. After it was all over, Lenny rode Ginger Mick all the way back home. Back in Lee and Gather on June 10, a huge crowd turned out in the main street, with more than 800 people attending a civic reception. Ginger Mick lived to the age of 27 on the Gwytha Farm, Lenny went on to marry, have a daughter and settle in the Melbourne suburb of Hampton. He worked as an experimental engineer at General Motors Holden Plant at Fisherman's Bend and was also a keen fisherman, astronomer, ice skater and sailor. In 1992, at the time of his death, aged 70, he was building a yacht, which he planned to sail to Tasmania and New Zealand. If you're ever driving through Leangatha, 
take the time to stop near the comfort station and just to the side of that you'll see a wonderful bronze statue of Lenny and his faithful pony Ginger Mick. And DJI drones have come up with aeroplane detection. Drone maker DJI has pledged to add plane and helicopter detection features to its consumer drones to reduce risk of collision. Some of DJI's industry-focused drones already have the feature built in, but is now pledged to add it to all drones weighing more than 250 grams, which is what I've got. In-air sense systems picks up location signals broadcast by the aircraft. The drone pilot will then be warned that a plane or helicopter is nearby so they can take any necessary action. AirSense uses an existing technology called Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast, or to you and me, ADS-B. Aircraft transmitting on ADS-B signals send out their satellite location data, altitude and other positioning information. ADS-B receivers can pick up these signals, allowing them to track an aircraft without radar or visual sighting of the plane. AirSense can detect aeroplanes and helicopters from miles away, further than the drone pilot can hear or see them, and displays their locations on the screen of the pilot's remote controller. AirSense will not force a drone to land if a plane is detected. Instead, the operator will be alerted on their remote control handset. The U.S. Federal Aviation Administration wants a majority of planes and helicopters to transmit ADS-B signals in controlled airspace by January. DJI's latest drones already have safety features such as geofencing, which stops the drone flying into restricted airspace such as an airport. In 2018, a drone sighted on the airfield at Gatwick Airport caused major travel disruption. The pilot of the drone has not yet been found. DJI stressed that there has never been a confirmed collision between a drone and an aeroplane, but said drones had struck two low-flying helicopters. And now, to languish in a little bit of Latin language. See how many of these you can use at your next dinner party, and if you knew what they meant anyway. Let's start off. Ad hoc. That means improvise or made up. How about ad hominem? That means below the belt, a personal attack rather than a reasoned response. Yes, that happens to me often. Ad infinitum carried on endlessly, a bit like this podcast sometimes. Here's a good one, aqua vitae. It is the water of life, or more to the point, whiskey or brandy. You'd know this one, carpe diem, seize the day, or use your time. Here's one of my favourites I used to use a lot, carve carnum, beware of the dog. And if you know my name, you can see how that relates. How about Cogito ergo sum, that is, I think, therefore I am, and it's the only defensible proof of our existence. 
a nice one you hear of. In flagrante delicto means a flaming crime or caught red-handed. Non sequitur, which means it does not follow or a broken argument. And semper fidelis, always faithful. That's the motto of the US Marines, and I'm sure most of you knew that. How about sub rosa? That means under the rose or a secret. Comes from the practice of placing a rose above a door frame to indicate what was said inside was not to be repeated. How about Sedatus Populesque Romanus? That is, the Senate and people of Rome. Imperial Roman legions carried SPQR on their banners, and yet still today you can see it on drain hole covers in modern Rome. Now let's get these little grey cells working. As an exercise, using Roman numerals, try multiplying the year 1924, and I'll help you here, that is MDCCCCXXIV by 27, XXVII, then divide by 19, XIX. Answers please send to info at universalexports.co. No cheating, do it by the Roman numerals and be careful of the X as a multiplying sign. You have no idea how difficult it is to find an appropriate sound effect for clouds, but I think this is pretty good. Did you know there are only three basic types of clouds? Cirrus. That's the wispy white cloud, sometimes referred to as mare's tails. They can be up to about 15,000 feet, or that's 4,500 metres. Next comes cumulus, the white fluffy cloud seen most commonly. And finally, stratus, a solid dark blanket of cloud at a low level of 2,000 feet or even less. All other cloud formations are just combinations of these with a variation called nimbus, a dark grey rain cloud so you can have cumulonimbus and that's the fluffy ones but dark with impending rain so next time you're out and about check out what is in the sky and see if you can give it the correct label knock knock yeah who's there to to who no it's to whom (laughs) And you thought you'd got away from all of your English grammar tuition. Well, did you know that English has more words than any other language? But there are only nine different kinds of words, and they are noun, verb, adverb, adjective, pronoun, conjunction, article, preposition, and interjection. Excluding a conjunction, all eight kinds of these are in this sentence. Can you identify them? Yes, I saw the old silly dog biting viciously at his leg. Results to info at universalexports.co
at last, I think it's cocktail time. And that's an interesting situation because do we know what a cocktail is? Difficult to define, often described as an appetite stimulant by way of a mixed drink taken before a meal, which may aid digestion. However, there are three categories or styles that seem to be recognised internationally, which may help. And they are pre-dinner cocktails, after-dinner cocktails, and long-drink cocktails. And that all seems to make sense. But I have breakfast cocktails, so that makes four. My favourite cocktails are, number one, a super dry martini, which is 80 millimetres of... <laughs> which is 80 millilitres of gin. You bring a bottle of dry vermouth within one metre of the glass and show it its label, just briefly, then slip slow, then <sighs> sip slowly and repeat when the glass is empty. Number two, margarita. 30 mils of tequila, 15 mils of Cointreau, 30 mils of lemon juice, ice. Shake and strain and garnish with a whole slice of lemon. Discard the lemon slice immediately. Serve in a champagne saucer glass with the rim frosted with salt. Sip till empty and repeat. And my thanks for this podcast and others go to Isabella and Mike Russell from Music Radio Creative for their drops, jingles and tones. Thanks for listening. Our pods will help you become more informed, entertained, culturally aware, invigorated, astonishingly good-looking, and the person that everyone would like to be. You can be ever held in awe simply by listening to UniversalExports.co. It's very vague, isn't it? Universal Exports. I know. Could be what anything. do they export? I know. Yeah.